Welcome to the 97th QuackCast. This one is called Jurassic Farce. Now it feels like I live in a real world example of Ray Bradbury's All the Summer in a Day. A story of a planet where they have sunshine for one hour every, I think it's 100 years. But for the last two weeks we have had sun and heat and it has been glorious. I guess Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's is vacation, but who needs that? I need July and August to live the Vida Loca in an Oregon summer. But here I am podcasting for you. Aren't you lucky? My professional career is based upon inflicting death. And in my time, I have obliterated uncountable numbers of unicellular organisms. If there are such a thing as karma, I would certainly return in the next life as a rabbit in a syphilis lab. But there isn't, and I can kill and kill and kill with a clean soul. There is no guilt or hesitation in killing unicellular life, or even multicellular life, as long as it cannot be seen without a microscope. I have to admit I do get a wee bit squeamish as soon as I can see a life form. I tend not to kill bugs or animals, Unless, of course, they can be eaten. If it tastes good, well, all bets are off. But as a tree hugger, I tend to look upon killing wildlife and extinctions as a bad thing. Well, maybe. I am glad that smallpox and rinderpest are no more, but they are viri and not really life. I would not be saddened to see the end of polio or measles or many of the other diseases that have plagued mankind. Extinction of organisms whose sole purpose is to sicken and kill humans would be, I think, a good thing. As life gets more complicated, the unease with extermination grows. Except, I think, for the dogs in my neighborhood. But that is really irresponsible dog owners, a redundant phrase, and not the barking vermin. Mosquitoes have been a bane on humans since the beginning of time. It has been estimated, get this, that half of everyone who has ever died has died of malaria. And there are other mosquito-borne infections that sicken and kill. There's West Nile and yellow fever and dengue and all the various hemorrhagic fevers. I think that mosquito-borne illnesses have left more evolutionary footprints in our DNA than any other illness, from sickle cell disease to G6PD deficiency. And wildlife, without ready access to netting or DEET, suffers even more. The world would be a better place without those blood-sucking insects. Well, maybe. Bug Girl, and if you haven't seen Bug Girl's blog, I recommend it, was kind enough to point out to me an article which suggests that, unfortunately, mosquitoes, even blood-sucking mosquitoes, may have an important niche in the ecosystem as food if not as bloodsuckers. I will mention here a bit of skeptical heresy, but I was never that enthralled with Cosmos. Most science shows on PBS elicit a tell-me-something-I-don't-know response, and they're always so slow. My PBS epiphanies were Shock of the New, yes, an art show, and Connections. I fully realized that actions always have unintended consequences, and mosquitoes probably have many under-recognized connections with their environment. 
no good deed ever goes unpunished. So getting rid of all 3,500 species of mosquitoes would almost certainly be a bad thing. But controlling or eradicating the few that are responsible for so much human death and disease, I can't help but think would be a net benefit. I sometimes tell patients that in medicines there are sometimes no good solutions, just trying to choose what the least bad solution is. So what is worse? A million humans dead a year from malaria or an end to the mosquito that carries it? As the experiment with DDT demonstrated, eradication of mosquitoes is probably impossible. But control? We can probably do that. Dengue, along with other infections, is coming north. Dengue has been reported in the Florida Keys, and 40% of people in Brownsville, Texas, are seropositive for the virus. It is one of the many infections that may infect or reinfest the United States as the world warms. If we could control mosquitoes, we could decrease the chances of the spread of dengue and other infections. There have been some clever approaches to the control of infections. Mancinella perstans, which is not related to the Manson family, is a parasite that causes filariasis, and it can be controlled by killing the bacterial endosymbiont found in their gut with doxycycline. Another way to control infection spread is to use mutant mosquitoes. One slick approach is to release sterile merrill, sterile merrills? Yes, those are the shoes I wear. I wear sterile merrills. One approach is to release sterile males into the environment. If the females mate with the sterile males, then they lay sterile eggs. They used to use irradiated mosquitoes, but now they render the males sterile with genetic modifications. It is, by the way, very difficult to perform vasectomies on mosquitoes. The nice thing about mosquitoes is that they are homebodies, staying very close to where they are born. So if you release a swarm of sterile mosquitoes into a local environment, the mosquitoes mate with sterile males and voila, no children. And the effects are limited only to the local environment. And then the sterile males die off. This sounds like a good approach for other species as well. And it appears to work quite well. When sterile males are mixed with a wild population, there is an 80% drop in the number of mosquitoes. That can only be a good thing. To my mind, it is the perfect way to control mosquitoes. You don't have to spray chemicals, there are no side effects, and perhaps unfortunately, there's no permanent eradication of the mosquitoes so if you make the sterile males, you always have some business. And since it is a local application of sterile males, only females, by the way, feed on blood. Male mosquitoes don't bite. There would be little impact on wild populations. So the bugs can continue to breed to be a continued supply of food in the environment and repopulate human habitats, and so they require repeat treatments. That's good for the bottom line. They want to try this approach in Florida, and what a surprise, over 100,000 people have signed a petition to prevent the release of GM mosquitoes. Why? Do they think GM stands for General Motors? Well, first, people do not want to be guinea pigs, but from what, I am not certain. Quote, 
Have there been studies of what happens if someone is bit by one of these mosquitoes? Said Key West realtor Mila DeMare. If we are the subjects, the guinea pigs of this experiment? Again, the male mosquitoes, which is what is modified, do not bite. Only females. Unless they are making homosexual mosquitoes as part of a government conspiracy to spread the homosexual agenda. That would be just like the government. So while there should be no bites from GM mosquitoes, genetically modified gay mosquitoes would bite. Of course, there is always the worry about being bitten by a mutant insect. Think of Peter Parker. Although, I must admit, Bug Girl has written the definitive essay on what happens if you were to be bitten by a radioactive spider. Do you realize that spiders actually send their webs out their butt? Peter Parker should do the same. And you don't want to know from this podcast what the web shooters on his hands must be. Go to Bug Girl. Find out. But imagine what would happen if you were bitten by a genetically modified gay male mosquito. It makes web shooters and wall climbing pale into insignificance. And the other worry? It's a, quote, Jurassic Park event happening in the Keys, end quote. Now, in Jurassic Park, the dinosaur DNA was extracted from preserved mosquitoes, and that dinosaur DNA was cloned to make new dinosaurs. So a Jurassic Park event would be someone would clone the DNA from the blood and the gut of a mosquito to make what? More Floridians? You know, with a presidential election coming up, it's scary to think of packs of mosquito-cloned voters swarming the voting booths, unable to read a ballot or even punch out a chad. Ron Paul would probably be elected. There's also worry about the environmental impact of killing off large amounts of mosquitoes, and that could be a real concern, although many of the mosquitoes in the environment were actually imported and not part of the natural habitat of the North American continent. And that, to my mind, is a tricky one, and it is an interesting calculus. How much animal life are you willing to kill off to decrease human suffering and death? But that's a political ethical, not a scientific question. The science of sterile mosquitoes would point to a safe and very clever way to decrease a vector of many of the infections that kill and sicken humans and with little downside. The drive against the GM mosquitoes seems to be based on fear of government, fear of science, and the fear of biting gay mosquitoes, and a complete lack of understanding of the biology of mosquitoes. And I, of course, worry about how rapidly infections can spread in a community if they can gain a proboscis hold. To me, it looks like the ethic of the natural news is more widespread than I had suspected. I'm doing this quack cast on my front porch, and I have to stop now and then and slap a mosquito. We have yet to have West Nile virus in Oregon. There's been no local spread from mosquitoes in my state. And I've been predicting a small epidemic for about five years now. Every year I say, this is the year we're going to see West Nile, and every year we don't. 
it still hasn't happened, and I am uncertain why. I do like to credit the superior beer here in Oregon for keeping the virus and mosquitoes at bay. In fact, I'm going to go get therapeutic shortly. And perhaps those in the Keys should make note. And that ends the 97th QuackCast. Don't forget my glowing... Glowing? <clears throat> English is a second language. Don't forget my growing multimedia empire at moremark.squarespace.com where you can find links to my books and my apps and my blogs. Oh my. Because the world needs more. Mark Chrislop. Bye, guys.